Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by WitchSchool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. Greetings, all, and welcome to the Pagan Shine Show. Every Friday on Pagan Shine, on Pagans Tonight Radio Network, is the Carillion Fridays. Normally, this show would follow Reverend Lily Green and the Bark Meow Tweet Show on the second Friday of each month, but Reverend Lily has taken the night off. You can always catch up with her past episodes in the archives. And as always, if you can't listen to all of tonight's show, Remember, these are available in the archives, too, where you can jump ahead to where you left off. Tonight, the Pagan Shine Show will immediately follow, will be followed immediately by the Corellian Deep Waters with Reverend Stephanie Neal. The concept of this show is reflective of the definition of the word shine, to reflect light, to glisten, to distinguish oneself in an activity or field, to excel to aim or cast the beam or glow on others. Well, tonight I am pleased to welcome Reverend Lori Barbario Blackman. Those of you who tune in regularly will be familiar with Reverend Lori B., the noted co-host of the Corellian Family Hour. Lori B. fulfills many duties within the tradition. However, tonight she is joining me to talk about her role as head of the Lady of Light Proto-Temple and whose temple has taken on the task of hosting the Corellian tradition's global lustration of the ancestors. Welcome, Reverend Lori, and thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Reverend Mike. And good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And if you don't mind, can we dispense with titles, since we are friends besides being fellow Corellian? Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) It makes it easier. Uh, it does. You know, Lori B. is coming to us from her home in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And how are things there? Well, we are expecting a snowstorm someday. Mm. Really? We're approaching oh. spring, and we will be having snow, so I'm not too particularly thrilled about that. But then I think of the fact that I am originally from New York, and right now they have 12 inches. <laughs> so I'll take well, nothing compared to what they consider a snowstorm. <laughs> it's cold. That is we something. We hit degrees last night. I think today it's in the 30s, and it's been it's been very cold. And well, last it's, week it's actually it was been nice Right. Yes. I mean, today I walked out in the morning with a jacket on for an appointment I had, and. Uh, when I came out of about 11 o'clock, I just kept the jacket off because it was so nice. So if you're wow. getting snow in North Carolina, I would think that Georgia's going to get some of that cold anyway. I think it's coming up from the Gulf, so I'm pretty sure that you're going to be getting it before we do. But you oh, might not be getting it as rain. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it usually comes up Atlanta through Charlotte and then turns to us. <laughs> 
Well, we have had uh, a lot of rain this year, and fortunately not the cold temperatures that went with it. Although back in January, I think it was January or December, we had 12 inches of snow here. Yes. And I have to say, it just demolished our woods here because our trees, I don't think, are used to 12 inches of snow. It was a wet snow. And right. I'm Very going easy. to be cleaning up. I'm going to be cleaning up the woods for I think the rest of the year. It, it Are you got that still bed. walking to your burn pile? Oh yeah, the burn pile. Wow. Yeah, uh, I've already done it once, and I'm set to do another one if the winds calm down, and then I'll go back for more. So, but it's good exercise, and I love working with the woods. I know you're a, right. a lover of the outdoors too. Mm-hmm. Oh. So have you saved well, any of your fallen branches? Oh, I have plenty have of fallen branches. Have any of them branches. jumped out to you? I'm sorry, what was that? Have any of the branches jumped out to you where you just couldn't bit part with them and put them in that burn pile? Well, uh, I have pulled off a couple. I always have plans to maybe make more uh, wands. Mm-hmm. And so... When I know I can identify the type of tree, the type of wood it is, I like to put some aside and keep it bundled, or if I have a few of them, bundle it and make note of what type of tree it is. Uh, I have a lot of oak, but the problem with the oak is so often uh, it is deadfall. It's not like it's already starting to dry out and all that, and it gets a little bit brittle by the time it falls from the branches. But there are some areas where uh, a portion of a branch has broken off, fallen, and so I, I cut some pieces off of uh, basically still green. It was uh, a downed, downed branch, but it still had uh, life left to it, so to speak. So I put a couple of those aside. Beautiful. Yes, so, um, yes. When I worked for the environmental company up in New York, um, the com- the CFO of the company, he embraced the fact that I was a witch. They would leave me little spells on my desk every day to perform for them. And he goes up to his country house one day and he comes back with a bunch of beautiful white cedar. I think it was white cedar. Um, beavers live on his property. They took down a tree and he brought me about seven pieces that the beavers had eaten the bark off of. Oh, so boy. they are sanded and yeah. you have to do you have to do nothing to them. Well I just can't seem to let myself make anything or touch these pieces because I don't want to change how they are or alter them in any way. So I have them actually and, and people come into my home and they're like why do you have tree branches in a vase on your mantle? <laughs> and I do. I have it, <laughs> several different ones, and <laughs> I just can't. I can't do anything to them to make them anything other than what they are. Yes, I mean. But you know how I am on with stuff like that. <laughs> gifts from a beaver. What a wonderful, right. wonderful mm-hmm. totem animal. Very nice. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we could probably talk about a whole number of things. We only have an yeah. hour. But I know. I, I, I promoted that we're going to be talking about the upcoming Global Illustration. 
And hosting a global illustration is a very big job. And I thought a good place to start is getting prepared. Uh, yeah, I do want to hear about what is planned, and I know our listeners want to hear about that. But first, for this April 2018 event, when did the planning begin? Well, the planning actually began the week after the global illustration last year. People say, well, why a whole year? It takes that long to find a location, to come up with a price everybody can afford, to find the hotels where they're going to stay, to find something comparable with the Air Force and how you're going to get everybody back and forth to the Air Force. It's really not just saying, oh, we're going to throw a party and everybody just come. There's a lot of different details, not not even to mention the details for what you need to perform a ritual and especially something as a illustration ritual. You know, you, you have, there's so many different parts of the altar and then there's deaning and you, you, initiation and you need so many different things for so many different stages of what's going to happen throughout the weekend. It, it, it's, a, it's almost a year-long planning event. Sure. I, I mean, just the idea, to me, locking down a space to have it, as well as places for people, you know, reasonably priced places for people to stay, you know, yeah. that all has to be negotiated and telephone calls and, you mm-hmm. know, comparing prices and things like that. Right. Uh, so, and exactly uh, what actually took me the longest was locking down a hotel in the vicinity where I can be able to make hotel runs because a lot of them, we're, we're not by an airport, so we're, we're by a smaller airport, so you're, the shuttle buses aren't local to us from the airport to the hotels and whatnot. Um, we're an hour and a half from Durham. We're an hour and a half from Charlotte. We have Greensboro Airport. So your smaller airports most people don't come into because they tend to be a bit more pricey. Um, and the hotels, they're very high in this area. I thought when I first said, yeah, great, Toronto illustration, we can probably do it cheap. It's, it's Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's not New York. It's not Connecticut. How high can the prices be? I should have checked that out before I said those words. <laughs> well, as someone who has registered... You, you, yeah. I think you did a very good job of getting uh, Thank uh, you. I was going to say the La Quinta, they were absolutely wonderful. I sat with the manager there for several times because I wasn't happy at first with the pricing. They came down twice. And then um, Lady Ty Aiden came to me and said, do you know they take a military discount and it's actually $4 cheaper? I said, thank you. I will call you right back. I got on the phone with the manager, and being that my husband is an eight-year veteran of the Air Force, they honored his military discount for anybody yes. coming. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. People think $4 isn't much or what's the big deal. It makes a difference when you're staying four to five days. Uh-huh. You know, so the event is... Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. Most people are coming in the day before. They're staying the day after. So that three days turns into five days of hotel. 
so I was very pleased with them accepting the military discount. I did get a couple of phone calls from various people uh, thanking me for trying my hardest to get the lower rates, and they 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 did a wonderful job with the rates. I I really cannot complain. That's good, and I guess uh, people can still register, right, for the illustration. And yeah. how good are your rates committed to? Do you have a cutoff date? Sometimes okay, I believe our cutoff. A- yeah, so the cutoff date, I believe, they put it to March fifteenth or the eighteenth, and I am trying to have that switched for another week or so. Um, just to give people more time with the hotel because a lot of people forget that, you know, you have to actually book your hotel. Mm-hmm. And while they have registered and paid, it doesn't mean that they remember to do their hotel. Now, I'm sure that they will not be booked completely and that they will honor the same rate but I really don't want anybody to take any chances. So uh, what they do have right now is March 15th, so I am going to give them a call tomorrow. I was just going over the contract and everything, so I am going to see if I can get that extended till April 1st. If not, please, if you are coming and you're listening, and I will put a reminder out on the event in the group, the 15th right now is the cutoff. Okay, and and even if you have not made a decision yet, but after listening to tonight's show and getting yeah. a little bit more familiar with illustration, I think there is generally, you know, going into the unknown is sometimes, you know, putting off to people. But if they have an idea of what's going on, and that's so much why I wanted you to come on the show tonight, but we are still mm-hmm. a month and a half out from it, but yeah. uh, still an opportunity for people who are deciding whether they can make it or not uh, to to then finalize their plans. Yay. <laughs> yes, Yay. you know, and then uh, get to registration. And, and, I, do, and, I do have a lot of people that are still, I do have quite a few members that are still unsure that they can make the dates, and is it okay if I wait till like two weeks before, and I'm ne- we're, we will never turn anybody away. Of course you can, you can still register and come. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know uh, you were very nice to also offer an early bird registration. Yes. And what I did with that early bird registration is I offered it twice. I extended it another month, and then I decided that with that early bird registration, if you're deeming or if you're dedicating or initiating, I kept it at that price for you. Um, Somebody had asked me why. And I said, well, I think it's important for people that are new and and receiving first degree or dedicating to be able to afford to come because there is nothing. And not knocking self-initiation at all because I did that before I was initiated into first degree myself. I did the self-initiation. I was privileged enough to be able to do my first degree initiation in Utah during the parliament. And the... What I got out of that initiation was just something that I don't even think I can put into words, nor do I want to, because I want everybody to be able to experience that for themselves. 
by all means. It is an experience that you really should, if you can. That is something that is just so special and something that you will not forget. That I can promise you. It is something you will not ever forget. And just as you did, you did a self-initiation, but then when you had that opportunity, it happened to fall there at the Parliament of World Religions uh, in Utah. But uh, there's many times that people have shown up at illustration. They've already self-initiated. And in some regards, maybe they were initiated in like a smaller shrine or a temple or something like that. But they thought, well, let me... Let me just experience it at illustration, and uh, that <laughs> I, I, I've been fortunate enough you know, all of my initiative. Yes, there's something that I always say, and I know a lot of people get tired of hearing it and they don't believe me, but the energy that Corellians raise is not something that you're going to find everywhere. I don't know that you're going to actually find it elsewhere. And this is just my opinion. People can think that I'm wrong, but that's what we do. We're energy workers. Mm -hmm. So when you do your initiation, illustration, realize that you have your elders there, your high priest and priestess there. If you're doing it in a temple, and and, and I, I, I love my temple, you know, I, I have a proto-temple myself. If I dedicate one of my members, it's going to be beautiful. They're going to love it. They are going to be overly ecstatic doing that at illustration. The comparison is, again, I, I don't even want to give words for it because I just want everybody to come and do it. And as far as for this and for the listeners or anyone who is already registered to come, how do they go about signing up, say, for an initiation? Uh, let who, who they let know you through the okay. Uh, so Facebook I group? am going to be getting yes, I'm going to be getting out the paperwork this week to everybody because I need you know we're doing a lot of the cooking here, um, so I need to know what you're allergic to and, and all that good stuff. But um, if you're deeming you need to contact the head mistress, and that would be Lady Angela Munch. She will make sure you have all your information that you need and your paperwork and your application. All deeming. deeming what's deeming? What's deeming? <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> deeming. When you start a shrine, it's with the intent to move forward and grow. So there's stages to that. You don't just start a shrine and wake up one morning and say, I'm temple. From that shrine, you do the things that you do, and you go deeming. Deeming means taking that shrine to the next level, which is a proto-temple. That's where I am now. Um, From the proto-temple, and it's usually within a year. If you're deeming at a spring illustration, you can deem again at the next, year's spring illustration, if you deemed at the fall regional illustration, you would wait until the next fall to continue your deeming. And for Imperial Temple, you would then go to Temple. So it's, it's a nice three-year process. And, and uh-huh. what that gives you in that three years, 
is room to grow and expand your shrine to Proto Temple, to do your community service, to see how your members are reacting to the things that you're doing, and, and to come up with ways to make you, your temple and your community better. So I like the idea that people aren't just opening up a temple and running off with it. I think that's right, a great right. thing. So, yeah, well, so I if mean, you are... Mm-hmm. I was going to say, in yeah. some cases, I mean, some people can't make it. You know, so if that's the the process, how does, I don't know, a temple oh, head, either in another country or another state, right. how do they go about doing that? If you're a shrine going to a proto-temple or a proto-temple going to a temple and you want to deem, you can request someone to read for you. You would fill out your application and send it in. If you have someone specific that you want to represent you and your shrine that knows you and can personally speak for you, or if you'd like Lady Angela to assign someone, somebody will read and deem for you. Oh, okay. All right. So in absentia. Nobody's left out. Nobody has ever left yeah. out of anything. So that that's that's great on uh you know, here again to you, Lori B and the listeners, the listeners that know me know that I know this process, but the purpose of this show is to open up all the different aspects of illustration. So please bear with my Oh, what happens here? You know, that's just <laughs> <laughs> how else do we get the information out but by me being plain right. dumb or something like that. And I love yeah. that you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I because do a good job of playing dumb, huh? <laughs> you, you, you know, no, it's not playing dumb. It's actually very good questioning from a reporter's standpoint. <laughs> I don't think people listen and take notes when I listen to your show. I do. Oh, please. <laughs> well, okay. you know, we were talking about all the, you know, advanced preparation that's done and things like that. But I often wonder that the key part is you never know how many to plan for, right? So yeah, see, it's sort of... It. It's very yeah. hard. And, you know, when you set your registration price, you're thinking in your head, okay, I hope I get this many people because this is what I need to cover at least the hall. And, you know, there's plenty of times that illustrations have been held, and the temple has covered a lot of the cost. Um, I am very, very lucky this year. I am a member of the Loyal Order of the Muse, well, the Woman of the Muse. So the lodge has a very large ballroom, dance room, whatever they want to call it. Then they have a second room, that holds about 75 people, which is the dining room. And I got it for a very good price. So I was able to keep my registration cost down and say, you know what, if I don't get what I need to cover that cost, it's going to be okay, I think, between all the temple members and what we do and fundraising, I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Not that we want to do it that way, but Sometimes it happens. So, yes, when you're planning it, 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 again, it's not just you're having a party and, well, maybe 25 will show, well, maybe 50 will show. You don't really know, and you have to always have some more. 
um, the early bird registration helps because that gives you your first idea of, okay, great, I have that. Then you'll, if you do a second early bird, which I did, that was wonderful because then I hit my number. I hit where I needed to be. Very good. And now good. it is, it's okay, well, great, because now I'm doing a full sit-down dinner, and I can make this dinner the dinner that I want it to be. Because I know now, okay, it may cost me a little bit out of my pocket, but I'm where I need to be. So you have well, some people that say, well, I'm going to charge this, but they're not sitting down and they're not doing their accounting and their bookkeeping on it. And aside from that, you know, you have to decorate and, and you need to buy can't you need things. You know, just like you would do for your temple and your altar at home, you need to buy things, you need to prep things, and you need to do the same thing here on a larger scale, on a much Very larger cool. scale. Yeah, I mean, I, I think generally people have, who have hosted, you know, and to me, when I also hosting, but it's also a privilege to host. It, it's voluntary, but by the same token, it's like, all right, you're now responsible right. for representing this once a year, in the case of a global lustration. And that's what yeah. this is. It's the April yeah. spring lustration of the ancestors. It's the global. And that's where uh, it, it moves from year to year based upon, you know, volunteers or voluntolds to host illustration. And then the regional right. illustrations are, uh, they, they can be smaller. It depends on where they're located and, you know, mm -hmm. from what group of people uh, can be drawn from that immediate area. Right. And so uh, it's, if you can go through illustration and break even, I mean, that would be astounding, actually. So right. if you're on your I'm way there, good for you. I'm not necessarily saying because I am a bit on the extravagant side. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and most people already know that. I said, I don't know that I'm going to break even, but I'm going to have what I want and be happy yeah, well, with the, it. <laughs> the registration fee, the fact that it includes meals except for Friday night, it's yeah. so very reasonable. It's so very reasonable. So hopefully well, that was my main uh, thing. My main thing was just having one night out. And the only reason why we're actually having the one night out is the lodge uses the dining room on a Friday night for family night. And I didn't want to be in the kitchen cooking and serving my party while they were serving 70 other people. So mm, I sure. think you know, we're going to do one night out. So Friday night will be our night out, and that is a la carte. And what I mean by that is that is the only meal you yourself will pay for, um, aside from breakfast. Now, I did make sure that the hotel does have a decent continental breakfast. Mm -hmm. And being that we are opening at noon, we will have lunch and dinner. There will be coffee and snacks all day, too, of course. Um so really, it's only Friday night, and that was very important to me because it can get very expensive when you have to go out to eat on top of traveling. You know, right. and and again, you know, it, it's not just local people. For everyone listening, people are coming from all over. 
last global association was um, we had people from other countries come in, and that gets costly. So my main thing was to keep it down as much as I can. Um, Renting the lodge here was just got a cent because they gave me a great deal. And, you know, another expense that people don't take into consideration is if an airport's not close to you, how are you getting people from the airport to you? Well, so I had to make, I had to figure out the four people that will be doing airport runs. What is it going to cost them going back and forth, and how many times are they going back and forth? And what are they going to need for gas? Because it's not their responsibility. I can't expect them to be laying all this out of their pocket. Again, the airport's an hour and a half drive, so you're talking 90 miles. And, you know. So it could be a three-hour round trip for the for the driver. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Yes. It's a little under three hours. When I say an hour and a half, it's like an hour and 21 minutes. And sometimes I'm lucky and I make it in an hour and 17. But, you know, if you're stuck in traffic, that could be a good two hours each way. It happens. You know how traffic is. You know, I, I believe one Yule I came home from Sacred Sea Temple and my six-hour drive turned into almost ten and a half. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you hit a holiday weekend. I think you right. hit a good weekend that it's yeah. far enough. You know, it's not Memorial Day weekend. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think there's any holiday that weekend. So no, but I, could I be mean wrong. the only I, thing that is going on other than illustration is it's Beltane weekend. I did not. That's the only thing I'm not 100% happy with did not take into consideration. We have a very large pagan community here, and a lot of them did want to attend, but they do a very large bruja gathering up in the mountains for Beltane. And um, I didn't realize that it was the same weekend. So I was actually pushing for 100 in attendance. I'm halfway there. Oh, excellent. Well, that's very good. And, and as far as... You just mentioned that from others in the pagan community there. Uh, this, of course, is open. You know, yeah. anyone who would like to attend, you don't have to be a Karelian, but it's a right. great opportunity. It's sort of like those uh, festivals or, uh, you know, where people go camping for a weekend, uh, but this is, you know, camping at the mm-hmm. uh, La Quinta. But yeah. it is open for anybody who, you know, just desires to you know, see what uh, Corellian Illustration Weekend is like or to see what the ritual is like and things like that. Yeah. So, and the interesting thing that you just mentioned, Nod, is we have I have quite a few people here at the Lodge, and, you know, they're Christian, but they're very interested in knowing what it is. And they're like, well, if we pay the registration fee, can we come? As long as, of course you can, as long as you're respectful of our religion. You're welcome to come. You're welcome to learn, ask questions, participate. Absolutely. We we love that. I, I, I would love for people to come and, you know, try and get rid of the stereotype of, well, what's a Wiccan? What's a witch? What's a pagan? I think it's In the course thing. of your making arrangements, uh, you're doing your own cooking and all that in the hall. They know you there from being a part of the uh, – 
the women's yes. moose group. Uh, what about like the hotel and things like that? What, did you find any hesitancy? Oh, what kind of group is this? No. To be Very honest good. with you, and I won't say the hotel name, I did have one major chain that said, you're hosting what? And the only reason why I wanted to be honest up front is because they had a room that I was interested in renting uh-huh. before realizing, okay, let's just keep it at the lodge. And when I told them what it was, yeah, there was some hesitation. And it wasn't bad hesitation, but the feeling that I got was uncomfortable. And they didn't say we couldn't have it. It was just very awkward. Yeah, right, right. No, see, what's great here is, although most of the members here are Christian, and they do have a prayer for the children at 9 o'clock when we do certain things, they're very respectful of all religions, all are welcome. They believe in a supreme being, whatever that supreme being is that you call is what you call, and, and they're very good with that. I actually rent here in a smaller room when we have large gatherings from a uh, proto-temple, not to have, like, 15 to 20 people in, you know, my temple now since we moved is small, so I, I get to use here. I had some of the waitresses and the bartender come and join us, and they were like, oh, my God, we love this. Can we come more? Yes, absolutely. And when you open it up to the public, that's how they learn. That's how they want to get involved. And I think that's really an important thing to do. I'm glad that it's open to the public, that we're not hiding things. The only thing is the initiations. That is, you know. uh, And how do you make that very clear? And most places like this, they, they have initiations of their own, um, just like the Masons do or, or, you know, the Eastern Stars. They're not initiating out in the public for everybody to see. And I didn't yeah. understand that when I did first degree. But it's not to be secretive or you shouldn't know. It's to be able to experience that experience for the first time on your own. Not to have anybody tell you, oh, well, they're going to do this, this, and this. Because I think that if I was told what was going to happen, it probably would have still been as special, but not. You know what I mean? Sure. Oh, I definitely know. And and it, it's the initiation is for the individual, not for right. those that help to participate. It's, it's not their experience. Right. right. It, it's, it's their opportunity to... Um, Get that energy connection. So that's great. Now, you know, you've gone to a lot of plans. Do you care? Like starting, generally, it starts on Friday. Uh, You mentioned that we're going to go out to dinner, you know, uh, where everyone's on their own. But uh, generally, what else happens on Friday? Is it like a meet and greet? Yeah, so we're starting on April 27th, noon on Friday. And we'll, of course, it'll start with the welcoming. Um, there'll be light refreshments out until lunch is prepared. Um, usually with the welcoming, Lord Don and Lady Steph will give a welcoming. I'll thank everybody for coming. And, you know, we'll serve lunch. And during that, I'll throw a workshop in. But something very okay. special is happening Friday. And I know okay. I had maybe Sarah on uh, uh, two weeks ago on air saying that it's the first time. Well, it's my first time. 
it, it wasn't actually the first time that it happened at a station. But Arch Priestess Alyssa Maxim Kemp is weakening her daughter. Oh, how nice. And uh, Mabel Jean will be weakened on Friday into, yeah, I'm very excited. So we're hoping to get a baby blessing and more of a welcoming into the Corellian tradition. Sure, Um, And, and that'll be Friday afternoon? That will be sometime Friday afternoon. We haven't worked out the exact time yet. Um, uh-huh. Since, you know, she's changing her schedule right now, so I'm going to say probably like by 3 o'clock. We, we want Mabel to be comfortable and have her nap, and, you know, she's going to be one uh-huh. the week before. I'm very excited. And um, so Lord Phoenix and I are the god and goddess, mommy and daddy. So we're very, oh, very nice. excited about that. And yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Just to, so to me, this is the first time this is happening at a station. Yeah. And I, I've been yes, told, uh, well, that's happened before. Okay, great. I'm glad it's happened before. This is more special to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is. Uh, <laughs> you know, there have been some uh, weddings or uh, hand fastings uh, at uh, illustration. Yes, uh, but yeah. this will probably yeah, I had my thing at a global illustration. I believe you were my husband's best man. <laughs> well, that has happened, yes. Yes indeed. <laughs> I stood for him. And that was uh yeah. that was two years, right? Your two year anniversary? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh actually wow. there has there has been it's been two, yeah, it'll be two years. That's right. There was uh, there one time the uh, lustration was held in uh, in combination with which school? Uh, now the Crowian Education Ministries, but still which school? But uh, one of the things up in Salem, Massachusetts, when we had uh, a gathering up there, there was a wickening, uh, not a wickening, a uh, uh, fasting. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, a good time to do it, but it's sometimes tough to squeeze it in at the right t- place on the schedule. Right. You know, because the schedule's it, already it, so full. It, it, it was hard figuring out the workshops and how we're going to fit everybody in, and I think that we're going to be just fine. Um, I do have the place a very extended amount of hours. I'm not saying that we have to be here these hours, but need be. We have the hours needed. Uh-huh. Well, what like uh, what's the what's going to happen on Saturday? Just so uh, future <laughs> attendees who want to come or think about coming, what uh, okay. what takes place so, on Saturday? So Saturday is to me a very special day. Aside from the wickening, um, Saturday is always a very very long. And I'm going to say exhausting and draining, but I think one of, aside from the ritual itself, one of the most important days, Saturday you'll have your deanings, and we will have our initiations and our dedications, and we will have our workshops, and we'll have some downtime, and we'll have our dinners together, and I have a list of the workshops we can go through momentarily, but Saturday is going to, you know, it, it, that's what Saturday consists of. 
Saturdays are usually your beatings and, you know, like I said, your initiations. Right. And whatever else we can squeeze in as far as fun and workshops. And, you know, it's not like you're coming and you're going to a class. Everything is very laid back. It's relaxing. Um, It doesn't, you know... People think, well, you you have all the you have these workshops, and but everybody's sitting around, they're relaxed, they're sitting at the tables, we're having a good time, we're participating together, and, and that's what I think is really important: the togetherness that that you're doing these things. Yes. yes. It, it just it makes it. It's not a lecture. You're not sitting with a stiff shirt. It's fun. No. And plus, it's a, a great opportunity to get to know new people, you know, that yeah. uh, to to step beyond maybe the normal people that you would talk to, but meet others, uh, especially people that are coming in from other states that you just, exactly. you know, it's a rare occasion yeah. to see them. And, and each time so, I go, and once you start going, it's like, well, I want to plan on coming to the next one. And, right. You know, I, and my gosh, who am I going to meet for the first time? So that I had put in one of my posts that for me, what I want everybody to understand is we talk to people daily. We interact with people all the time from all over. And some of us have been doing it together for years. We've never met in person. Your illustration hmm. gives you that opportunity and again, once you start meeting these people and you meet them in person and you get to wrap your arms around them and you hug them, the bond that you think was there over that phone call or over that text message or or that post magnifies beyond your imagination. It, it is just an amazing thing. And you're right, because after my first gathering, or it was the illustration, or even going to another temple for a, a ritual, for a sabbat, it was like, oh, my God, I never want to stop. <laughs> I want to go everywhere. I want to meet everyone. I have to go everywhere. I have to meet everyone. <laughs> and I think and that also... And I want to be everywhere. And you know how I feel when I started the Pyrrha Temple? I had very mixed feelings about not being able to come down to you guys for certain things or to go to Jacksonville. But, okay, that's what illustration does for me. Right, right. And I think for that's some people who do, are, you know? do I want mm-hmm. to start a group? Do I, you know, I mean, it sort of is, you get a flavor for the group dynamics, maybe right. on a larger scale than if you start your own. But then you realize, gee, I think I might want to take this home and start a group so that we can share right. these same type of things on a smaller scale and, and not for a weekend, exactly. but you know, as Sabbaths or once a month or however mm-hmm. it, it best works for that area or for that individual to exactly. to, to lead a group. And then, exactly. of course, the, the learning process of leading a group, and you learn from other people, gee, what do you do in this situation? What what should I do here? You know, you, you get and contact. Exactly. I've had many phone calls in to many different people. Well, this happened, and I'm not sure that I handled this right. And they're like, yep, you did. And and it's a growing process. And that, that's what's great about 
starting off as a shrine and doing your DNA and taking the year to do it. Um, it's, it's a great thing because you really get to learn. Now, I, I know some of you just heard me say that in the beginning I was sorry. I, let me take that back. Um, I'm never sorry that I started what I started here. It's a very important thing for your community for you to get out there and do what you do. I'm sad because I miss my Kabelian family and I want to be with them everywhere and I want us all to get this big, huge property and all live together all the time. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. People think that I'm crazy, but no. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, you know, we right. we are both aware well, that you know, the tradition wants to keep. Well, the tradition is basically founded on the idea of spreading and right. and growing out there and and giving opportunities for other communities to develop into mm-hmm. places it, it where. It is very important. I think I mentioned to you uh, the other day when we were talking about how, <clears throat> because I uh, am also involved in the core store where people can get the the uh, regalia that they, if they want to, for their rituals and such. But yeah. you know, I uh, got a, a an order from someone else in Georgia. Well, Georgia is a large state, and right. they were from the the coast, the east side. And we're on the west side, close to Alabama, so it's not exactly a 25-minute drive. And right. uh, I, I got a chance to say, hey, it's great to know that there are Carillians on the east coast as well. And uh, mm-hmm. then they told me how they're involved and their contact and who they work with closely is in South yeah. Carolina, you know, Absolutely. which is only a half an hour away for them. So that's uh, right. that was just it, it's great to see the, the tree grow, so to speak. Yes, and and with that, you also found out that they are attending illustration. Yes, that's right. Yes. And so, they will have yeah. some regalia to wear for illustration. Absolutely. So, yes. you know, again, for those of you listening, com, or you can go to com and go to Core Store for all your regalia. And, Mike, I see that you now have hoods. For second degrees, yes. Second okay, degrees. Oh, well, we have all the patches, and I'm working on something very new, but I'm not ready to reveal it yet. But something that I've got approval from the uh, the high priesthood to uh, increase regalia or to add another item to regalia. So. Oh, that's fantastic. That <laughs> yes, fantastic. and I hope by illustration uh, I will have that availability to announce that. So, that so anyway, look. I know I, I know. Uh, we've talked about this, and and of course on Sunday, Sunday is what we all gather for. Yes, Sunday is the illustration of the ancestors ritual, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a little bit different this year. I'm very excited. Um, it, it's been a little hard to put it together, but there are going to be some parts that we're doing in both languages, English and Spanish. We do very have a nice. very large Spanish population in the Korean tradition, and it's important that they're included. And aside from everything being broadcasted live through the Daily Spell through Magic TV, which is also part of what we do and, and listening to it here on Pagans Tonight Radio Network, we will be live streaming the ritual. And, um, you know, I wanted to be able to say, 
for, I wanted for the Spanish population to be able to hear that we're not leaving them out. So because they're not here, it's important to at least incorporate as much as we can in their language. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful idea, and it's Lady of Lights touch upon the illustration ritual. You know, you're what I'm you. I'm very excited. Yeah, that's that's a that was a great idea, great. Uh, and I'm sure it'll be a big surprise to people. Although it's out of the bag now. I'm hoping so. Well, I, I, I've been talking about it, and people have been do know that I, I've been wanting to do this. This is something that I've been wanting to do, even on the air when we do Sabbath. Um, it's just very hard to get people from other countries to participate because of the time change. Right. Yes. So that is probably very, the biggest hurdle. Very hard. Right. And. You know, there, there are ways to do it. It's a little harder to start mixing MP3s and trying to mash everything up. So we haven't really been able to do that yet. That's not something I'm giving up on, is being able to do ritual in both languages on air. Well, that's... That, that has been my goal for two years. So to be able to do something, even a little couple of parts during illustration is a really big deal for me. Yes, that, that you know that's a, a wonderful opening. You know, it's the opening. We have many, many of our uh, groups. You know, we have Spanish Facebook book groups for international. Yeah. Well, international, and of course, it doesn't just limit itself to our Spanish members. But uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's a great idea, and uh, I'm looking and, you forward know, to that. Illustration always brings upon whether it's spring or fall. My favorite thing, aside from ritual and, and having everybody there. You know what that is, right? My silent auction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my silent auction. Spring silent auction, you're still taking donations? Yes, I am. I uh, have gotten some very nice things in already. Uh, some okay. rather large, lots of stuff from. Uh, some individuals, and I will probably start around the 15th of the month doing all the uh, the scripts and the taking the pictures. I have right now. I have it laid out on our dining room table, and it's, it's like done. okay, so it has begun, and uh, I'll start working on that and getting it sent over to uh, Lady Anna over in the UK, who gets mm-hmm. it all up on the, the website for me. So. Um, for, I think this is maybe our eighth or ninth year, eighth year maybe. But uh, that's fantastic. So, yep. are you still accepting donations? Yes. 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 Now, if somebody does want to make a donation, where can they contact you? Uh, they can contact me through either Facebook, Michael Neal, or uh, my email address is well. I, I use the C N T fundraising office at earthlink.net it's a long long email address but if you can spell fundraising at earthlink.net <laughs> and just put cnt in front of that and it'll get to me and i can then provide uh, uh the address of where to mail the things to and as in the past you've allotted some space for me that will not only have an internet mm-hmm. option that will end about two weeks prior to the illustration weekend, but then I will bring a load of stuff for in-person for a silent auction there where people sign up 
with give, they're given a number so that they can bid secretly. And I like that because that way their closest friend might be outbidding them, and then it raises more money for the tradition. So it sure does, so, and and that's happened to us so many times. And a lot of times, just you know, it's like, oh my gosh, and I just outbid her. Oh my god, I feel horrible, but not really because oh god, I really wanted to thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we. Uh, uh, I remember one auction where an item was donated. Uh, it was a uh, a handmade, oh, I'll say, shamanic type item, and people. It was brought to the auction for in person. All kinds of people were bidding on it, and in the end, the person who won it didn't realize that they were bidding against the person they decide to give it to as a gift. It was amazing and, that she did that. Yeah. yeah. And that was uh, that's something. But even even after the auction is over, I don't reveal. Yeah. I don't reveal yeah. who won anything until no. like say uh, at the at, at the auction at the in person yeah. auction. Then I'll if that person is there. And in this case, when, people who are going to illustration. Right. I can bring it with me and That's true they they save some money. Yeah. Yeah, they say one. When that person walked over to that other person, I was heartfelt. I thought that was the most beautiful thing. Yeah, that That was was very nice. Yeah. It was. It really was. It well, we don't was. have much time left. Is there anything else you wanted to specifically yeah. talk about illustration? If not, you have many other hats, and I thought I would ask you about that. Okay, well, I do want to just make everybody aware we do have some special guests. Um, Archpriestess Belladonna Laveau and High Priest Dusty Dion from Aquarian Tabernacle Church in Washington State will be our special guest for illustration weekend. They are absolutely amazing people. I've had the pleasure of meeting them a few times at St. Louis Bacon Picnic. We had a wonderful time. And they host Spring Mystery, I believe it's Mystery Spring Gathering. I'm probably saying this wrong, and I should have written it down and had it in my notes. Um, if you go to Aquarian Tabernacle Church, it's always Easter weekend. You know, that other holiday we don't know about. So there's always something going on good. <laughs> it's oh, very nice. Yeah. Um, Belladonna is, a, she, she is magnificent. She, she is, she is just so delightful to be around. Dusty is so high energy and high spirited. They were actually going to do some workshops for us. I'm very excited. Um, Lady Bella is going to be doing a seance workshop. And Lord Dusty will be doing a workshop on shape-shifting. Yes, I said it, shape-shifting. I'm not going to get into that right now. It's another show, another time. (laughs) Yes, right. Right. uh... You know, we have another special guest, a friend of the tradition, out of Jacksonville. Moon Raven, he is part of Nephilplak, and that's the Northeastern Florida Coalition for Pagan oh my God, Alliance. I love when Lord Don says that. That is my favorite word that he says. <laughs> he's going to be presenting a workshop on Afro 
Helmetic Traditions. So I'm very, very excited about that. And uh, if you are coming to the station, bring your drum. I have it listed in the event saying, if you have a drum and you're driving and you can bring a drum, bring it. Because Reverend Judy Hamilton of River Glen Shrine is going to be conducting a class on the heartbeat of the goddess. And it will be, we'll be drumming. So that's something a little bit different. We haven't really had that many, you know, Trump circles that I've attended anyway during illustration. So I'm really, really excited about that. Then I have a surprise. You will have to come to illustration to find out what that surprise is. Um, (laughs) It's a very beautiful surprise. Nobody knows. Three of us know about it. And my temple members don't know about it, and I have one of them sitting here looking at me right now, probably a little pissed off. (laughs) But um, I promise I would not say a word. (laughs) And all I'm going to say is everybody's just going to be in awe. Well, good. That is something for me to look forward to. I love surprises. And when things are different, that's what's great. That's what's great about different temples, mm-hmm. proto-temples, groups hosting the illustrations that they get to yeah. bring a little bit of their their unique approach well, to the path or what they like doing. Thrown, this surprise was thrown at me three weeks ago. I actually sat for two days and looked at my schedule and said, oh, we are definitely fitting this in, but where? And at this point, it doesn't matter where it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, be careful you don't talk about it too much. Otherwise, we're going to find out. Not finding, okay. not finding out. But, yeah, so I'm very excited. I hope everybody comes out. If you're not registered, register. If you're deeming or initiating or dedicating, it's the early bird price. Um, you know, I'm willing to work with some people that that really want to come and maybe can't afford to. If there's some way we can try and help or work something out, call me, message me. I'm not unapproachable about the idea of working something out or bartering something. Just throw that. That's very good. Very good. And for those who do want to get in contact, I think one of the best places, if you're on Facebook, it's if you go to Facebook, just put in 2018. Corellian Lustration of the Ancestors. Yeah. Well, if you so put in 2018 Corellian Lustre, you should, something will pop up for it you. It should pop right up. So two things are going to pop up. Well, possibly four because we are listed in all events and event fair also. So you don't, okay. don't click on those because it's not going to take you to the Facebook link. But you will get our Facebook group and then you'll get the event page. Um, the event page is 2018 Global Illustration of the Ancestors. And I did the group differently because I didn't want people to be confused. I left out the word global doing the group. So it is 2018 Corellian Illustration of the Ancestors. And then they'll be able to, because that is an event page, and everyone can see that, right? Yes. Uh, whereas yes. the other one was a closed group. They have to request to join before. But even with an open group, you have to request to join. And I'm not sure, 100% oh, okay. sure why that happens that way. 
I didn't make anything secret because I figured if you're coming to this event, it, 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 there was no secret. I, I don't live anything in the secret about who I am and what I do. So it never even dawned on me that anybody might need that. Um, I'm not sure if I ever did make it closed. But if I did, and, and I have other admins. Um, Lydia Alyssa is an admin, so she, she can approve people constantly. Um, some of my temples neighbors, Connie Jones is an admin. I mean, we're all admins in there. It, it, with the last global that went out, we had like 75 people join the group, 75 people that I know are not coming. So I read it out. I knew who's not coming. I knew who, you know, who just joined because they heard about it. Mm-hmm. And you but that could, be, that could be laying seeds for a future uh, right. attempt at another illustration. It's sort of like, exactly. let me just check this out for now. Or I've been to one two years ago. I can't afford it this year, but I, I want to keep up on what's happening. Because right. I know it's a great thing to go to. So, okay, we are now out of time. It's been a real pleasure having you on, Lori well, thank B. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. And I think I'm going to uh, keep you in mind as the Parliament of World Religions rolls around. You're going to be there Please as do. the press secretary for the organization. Yes. And I think that would be a good thing to talk about. It may be too late to register to go, but at least no. to find out what's going to be happening and what's going to be broadcast and things like that. Okay. So. If I can interrupt you just for one half a minute, I'll do this really quick. You've been doing it the whole it show. Not, Why not again? Sorry? <laughs> it's not <laughs> to for the parliament. They have extended their early bird registration until April 1st. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, very good. Very good. All right, we're going to uh, – we're going to sign off with uh, the music of Wendy Rule, Shine, the theme song for this show. And for those of you staying on, please do stay on for Corellian Deep Waters with Lady Stephanie Neal. And her subject tonight, she's going to be dealing with mediumship and the Ouija board. Thank you, Lori, again. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Mike. Blessings be everyone. Blessings all.
until he uh, passed it on to his sons, and then they passed it on. So let's start discussing a few boards. Now, a few of these boards that I have here with me are the traditions boards. So that's why I'm going to be describing those. And plus, it's giving an example of how all boards are, don't present the same symbols or even, even the same energies or even the same uh, influences or approaches. So let's start with the, the one that most uh, folks seem to to have if they do have a Ouija board, and that's the Parker Brothers board. And, so, and the directions say one or two individuals may use the three-legged pointer uh, with an opening in the middle. This is, well, this is called a panchette, which means a little table in French. Now, many collect planchettes because of their odd beauty and lovely uh, occult ties. The spirit speaks by sliding this planchette on the board holding several words, which are yes, no, good, and bye, and goodbye, and mystifying, oracle, or any other symbol on the board. Ouija means both in German and French, yes. Or the O-U-I is French, and the J-A is German, both meaning yes. Other words found on this board are William Flood, the, one, uh, the man I just mentioned, uh, talking board set, uh, reg, U.S., pat, off, and the distinctive designs uh, of, indicator, and package are trademarks for Parker, Brothers, Division, Kenner, Toys, Inc., Beverly, Massachusetts, or M.A. just for Ma, 1915, and A through Z, and numerals 1 through 9 plus 0. So you see how I utilize every single symbol on the board, not just the obvious. Now, the Parker Brothers board's symbols are... Uh, a happy sun among dark clouds on the top left, a white crescent moon with an, well, a little bit of an attitude with a single white star and um, with the brooding clouds surrounding it. On the lower left side of the board is a woman that is not touching the planchette with a floating male head behind her, two male hands, and one female hand are touching the planchette, all within darkness. Then on the bottom right side of the board are the same three people and one floating head, except this time the scene is just reversed. Now the second board here, and this is called the Beyond the Grave board, uh, from Canada Games, designed by Cosmo Bryant, and this particular board has its, uh, his signature on the back, even though uh, I don't think this is an original because uh, normally the originals 
of uh, Coswell Bryant's are usually are numbered, and I don't see any number on this particular board. So if it's not original, that's fine. And so, but this board holds the words "Beyond the Grave, Drop Dead," the Curiosity Emporium, and all rights reserved. On the bottom, yes, I use every single symbol. And, of course, there's the A through Z and numerals 1 through 9 plus 0. Now, the Beyond the Grave uh, Canadian Ouija board holds two skeletons, one on the left standing in front of two gravestones playing a drum and cymbals. Uh, there are two stars in the distance, a black crow landing on the ground, and um, overgrown grass is clearly depicted. The drum has a black cat drawn on it with two black stars. This skeleton's head is cracked. The skeleton on the right top side of the board is playing a um, accordion. He or she is standing in front of one grave uh, tombstone with a opened mouth crow or raven sitting on top of the tombstone with a bat flying in the distance, an owl perched on his left shoulder, and two distant birds making it five flying animals within this picture along with three white stars. Notice how some stars are black and other stars are white. This skeleton has a gaping hole on top of his head. Then there is a huge skull uh, in the center of the board showing no wounds. The third uh, board, the Diablo Spirits of the Underworld, another Cosmo Bryant board, uh, and this looks like this is signed too, holds the words Diablo Spirits of the underworld, yes, no, uh, the, the curiosity, emporium, and all rights reserved on the bottom, and unknown. Now, on the Diablo board, on the left top of the board, you will find two uh, devil-like or pen-like uh, figures holding an open book. They seem to have, um, well, it, more like masks than anything on their faces. On the top right side is found a bald man wearing a white mask uh, that has a beard and a large mustache. He is also wearing the white gloves and seems to be nude with something that I can't make out behind him. He also has extremely long fingernails or at least one long uh, fingernail on his index finger. In the center top of the board portrays a human with vines growing out of his head with two snails flanking his head among the leafy uh, vines. The flower seems to be lilies of the valley, and it sure looks like this human has been hit on top of his head because there is a huge bump that is a, uh, it, it appears like it's stretching his skin uh, on top of his head. Then the, on the fourth board is the French Ouija board, well, it really has both French and English words on it, and it holds the words uh, goodbye and, and au revoir and yes and, and O-U-I, uh, uh, no and non, uh, A through Z again, and the numerals 1 through 9 plus 0. 
And the French board, of course, holds all alphabet and numerals. There is a sun on the left top side of the board and a white crescent moon with a white five-pointed star on the top right side of the board. On top, let me see here, on the top center is a woman with only her eyes and hands showing with a glowing ball covering her mouth and nose with what it appears as a beak on the bottom of the glowing ball. I mean, at least that's what it looks like to me. All of this is on a black background with standing stars and shooting stars covering the entire board. The only co uh, color is the, the red on the lettering and numerals. The spring Ouija uh, board, this is the most, uh, which oh, I don't have this particular board, but I am trying to uh, secure it. Uh, this is the most current board that is receiving rave reviews because it is set up with a ball burying uh, in the center and spring in the middle. So if a person tries to push the, the disc, it will tilt. It can also be used for uh, table tipping. There are five boards. Uh, so there you have it. There's five boards there giving a small example of the different approaches each board offers. Now here are the purposes. The Ouija allows you to see uh, the past, communicate with the past, uh, foretell the future, speak to the present. It gives advice. It gives warning. Speaks to your spirit guides. Or spirit guides can speak to you through the board allows your totem to speak in this format. You are able to speak to your animals that have passed or are still here. Speak to your plants or they speak to you. Speak to the land or the land speaks to you. The water speaks to you. It's, or the ancestors speak to you. Your probables speaks to you your uh, uh, chakra personifications. Oracles can be given through the Ouija uh, board. Goddess and God that represent energies and realities. So making the unknown known. And this was on one of the boards here, and it says, apparently forming the link which unites the known with the unknown. The material with the immaterial. It forces upon us the conviction that a great truth was contained in the statement of the Danish prince. There are more things in heaven and earth. Horatio, then are dreamt in your philosophy. I, uh, I have the note right next to this quote. It says, Parker Brothers' statement on, on the box. All right. Now let's talk about the directions. I'm first going to be giving the directions that's on the Parker Brothers, and then I'm going to be giving you my directions to Ouija. So most individuals utilize the, uh, the Ouija board uh, by placing it on a flat, firm surface. However, some board directions give different directions. Here's the Parker Brothers' directions. So one, 
place a board upon the laps of two persons or on a hard surface with the board between you. Put the pointer table on the board, which is the planchette, and place your fingers lightly but firmly without pressure upon the pointer. Do not rest elbows so as to follow as to allow it to move easily and freely. In from one to five minutes, the pointer should commence to move, at first slowly, then faster, and should be able to answer questions, which is done when the pointer touches, when it's a foreleg or tip, uh, the printed words or letters necessary to form words and sentences. Number two, when the pointer starts to move, Begin asking questions. Three, care should be taken uh, that only one person at a time asks the questions so as to avoid confusion. The question should be put plainly and accurately. Four, to obtain the best result, it is important that the persons present concentrate upon the matter in question and avoid other topics. And five, the Ouija is a great mystery. We do not claim to give exact directions for its management. Neither do we claim that it will work in all circumstances and at all times. But a great many people have stated that with reasonable patience, it has more than satisfied their greatest expectations, as well as providing enjoyable entertainment. Six. The board should be kept smooth and free from dust or moisture, since all depends upon the ease with which the feet of the pointer can glide over the surface of the board. Rubbing the board with a dry silk handkerchief just before using is advised, and keep in the game in a cool, dry place. And then seven, which I think is the last one, yes, it's seven, if the Ouija declines to answer a certain question, Pass on to the next, and should you get an incorrect answer, remember Ouija has its humorous side. Now I'm going to talk about uh, my directions. Uh, all right, so, you know, looking at these boards, uh, uh, first of all, I suggest recording what you are getting when asking questions. So have a pad and uh, you know, a paper, pen, pencil, crayon, whatever you might have uh, nearby so that you can um, take down notes because, in fact, sometimes I'll have it where someone else is moving the planchette while I am taking the notes. So then we can be uh, going along together and making sure that everything's recorded. All right, so number one, um, Cleanse and bless yourself by seeing uh, white light being poured over you. And I've broken this down. Uh, well, I'm going to try to break it down uh, numerically, too, like uh, the Parker brothers did. Uh, then cleanse and bless your board by placing good energy above and beneath it. And this can be done by uh, just strong intention symbol, sound, light, or music. Most of the time, I make a symbol of the pentacle on the table, and then I lay 
the board on top of the table. And then I uh, may uh, put the symbol of the pentacle on the planchette. So that's how I cleanse my board. Um, the, uh, but then there are times I'll use a bell. And cause that, once again, as always, there's lots and lots of different ways to cleanse and bless. So three, open a small vortex by seeing a brilliant yellow light coming up from the ground through the board and then through the roof of your house or wherever you happen to be. Uh, now see a silver-white light coming down from above, intermingling with the golden light moving upward. This vortex protects those that want to be protected. So it's just not a vortex to open. But what you're really doing is you're opening your own perception. So then next, uh, say in your own words, I come in peace, friendship, and covered in love and light. So you're basically giving your attention and you're, you're, you're just letting, you're setting up what is about to happen through words, which is uh, powerful, strong, healthy. Then ask for a specific entity to come forward or ask if one is already present. Then six, ask if the entity is of the light, uh, or you can just think it and it will respond. If it, con if it conveys in the affirmative and your gut, uh, higher self, agrees, continue the session. Remember negative entities uh, well, even some animals and some like impish entities tell untruths, and uh, just like they like to mess with you. If it is a negative entity or mean-spirited entity, and you want to talk to it, because some folks do, know it will tell you untruths. It will tell you what you want to hear, spew threats, and call you unpleasant names. So if you're in the mood for that kind of event, then, okay, uh, that's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I know there is, that is uh, enjoyable for others and um, have fun. Uh, it will, and, and plus, you know, it's, if they, if people are just going to treat this as a game or just entertainment, uh, uh, this is what I'm not talking about. I'm talking about serious communication with light-filled spirits. Uh, I don't want to even begin addressing uh, what I just described, but I'm a, I uh, address it only because that's how some um, see the Ouija as something that's uh, less than the light. And it will call itself, you know, it'll, the entity will call itself the devil or a demon or Zozo or Zaza, all to terrify. If you continue to get silly answers, just put the board away, asking the spirits to speak to you directly or just send it away telling it to come back when it decides to enter the light because it will eventually. All to incite fear when uh, these, this type of entity threatens and calls names. 
uh, and that is the key word there, fear, which causes your prefrontal cortex to shrink. This is a real physical thing that happens to everyone when fear falls upon them. It causes your perception of the world and what is happening to you and thought processes to become smaller or become narrow. Our awareness, our perception becomes narrow, the very opposite to fully receive information because our path is about opening our perception, opening our awareness, which is, the, which is opposite of fear. And this is what is meant when we say open your heart or open yourself to receive, or to receive full awareness. It's talking about opening your perceptions. And once again, fear does the opposite. And it's a true physical action that's happening. Fear shuts down. There is an urban legend that is uh, a so-called demon or unpleasant entity that lives in a prison that may be in the physical reality or on the other side that comes through the Ouija board called Zozo or Zaza or Mama. Now, this is only causing folks to be scared, pushing some away from a way of communicating with the other world, making some uh, fearful of uh, well, of the other world, of uh, working with spirits. So you can clearly see, it's easy to see right through this tactic because it's causing some to make decisions based on fear. And and then it, it's, it's just a real shame that, that they can't move forward, push past all of this, and and just know that there's such a beauty to be speaking to those that have passed. Uh, and then the statement is never more truer when FDR said, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. And I am not telling anyone anything new here, uh, that there are personalities, groups, religions, dogmas, governments, towns, cities, and nations that deliberately or unconsciously deliver fear to the masses or one by one. So individuals live their lives making decisions based on fear and unkindness instead of full awareness, instead of love. It is your choice to live inside fear, which makes for a small world, or outside fear, which makes a wider horizon. It is your choice to approach mediumship and the Ouija with fear or not. Approaching Ouija with love and light gives you strength and clarity. All right, so ask the entity. I know number six was long, huh? So number seven, ask if the entity wants to communicate. Then respect the spirit's wishes. If it doesn't want to speak with you, then just move on. Maybe it just, it's not ready to speak with anyone at the moment. Then eight, say in your own words, please come through when I ask a question. And that's a little bit of direction there because sometimes uh, we don't give the spirit any direction. They show up and they don't know how to even use the board. And so 
also the board needs to be explained to the entity. So uh, usually uh, you, you let the, the spirit know that this is yes and this is no, and let's start from there. Now, if the spirit is new to you or to the board, it usually identifies itself as X or XX, and this means a stranger. I have a really long uh, list here as I'm as I'm ex- explaining all these directions, but you, as you can see, it's not just explaining the directions, it's also uh, describing the whole world of Ouija here. But uh, with that said, I'm on uh, 11. <laughs> Start, and so, uh, which was the yes-no question. And, and then once you uh, have the spirit speaking and yes-no questions, then yes, move on to words and sentences. So 12, uh, ask uh, if the entity knows how to spell, because the entity might be an animal or it might be a distant relative that lived thousands and thousands of years ago and and words weren't formed or, or maybe the person just never learned how to spell because maybe this person never went to school. So there's lots of reasons why a person can't spell, but you'll be surprised how this person can convey what it needs to convey to you because there's also pictures there uh, and, you know, there's the, the stars and the literal humans and there's, there's up and down and there's the four corners of the board itself. So as you can see that, um, that it, every symbol, including the board, is just an open uh, way to, to convey many messages. All right, so then 13, ask what type of being it is, if this is important to you. Or you can say, um, I only want to talk to animal spirits today. Thank you. Then, all right. So what you're setting up the, the session, letting spirit know, I only want to focus in on uh, animal spirit communications. Then next, uh, what is the first letter of your name? Uh, well, that is, uh, well, I guess animals have, have names too. So I guess that can be used for animals, uh, but I was mostly thinking about humans. Uh, what is the second letter of your name, and so on? And and the planchette will show will will move to the first letter, and then the second letter, and the third, and then, until you can figure out, because sometimes you don't have to spell the entire name to figure out what the name is. Then the next uh, step is if you have contacted a negative spirit. Cleanse the house. In other words, if you contacted it and wanted to work with it, uh, cleanse the house. uh, If, uh, if uh, you know, after uh, communicating with positive spirits, then you'll just need to ground and release all excess energy by seeing yourself walking through a stream, allowing all excess energy to wash away. And as always, that's just one approach. Then step upon the ground on the other side of the river and see yourself connecting to the land. This is grounding um, or one way to ground. Then a close down by seeing the silver and gold lights shrink, uh, returning to source, saying something like, or, or just in your mind, uh, like as you, 
As you go, please sweep away anything that needs to be transmuted for the good of all. This cleanses the house and sends everyone on their way. Uh, but that's just like a real uh, general clean, cleansing. Then always try to remember to thank the spirits for visiting. Now, let's talk about here, and that was all the the, the setup. Uh, now, the questions, and I've always said the questions are very important on how you uh, can convey them. Uh, well, you'll see what I mean. I'm like, only ask one question at a time, no compound sentences, just one thought. Let's see, an example of this would be, do you mean us harm or are you friendly then the spirit says no and the seeker uh, says uh, okay well it just said no uh, it did say no but to which question so what I mean uh, so another good example is is my sister here or is it another spirit you see how this question is asking two things again. And maybe your sister is here, and maybe another spirit is here as well. So just break that up into two questions and have patience and allow the spirit to answer. The spirit can hear your thoughts, so stay focused. This is why the spirit answers before anything is asked verbally, and you'll see that happen sometimes. And do not ask the same question over and over after the spirit has already answered your question and has given confirmation. Not that it does have to give you confirmation. And do not ask uh, questions too fast uh, because it will be answering questions from five minutes ago while you uh, have moved on to other thoughts. And then you get frustrated because you're thinking, well, there are they're answering questions that just don't make just don't make sense. They're, they're answering the, their answers just doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe it is making sense, and it's just that they're answering your questions from well that five minutes ago. And then it is nice if if you're led to ask the entity what is your message to me or what is your message to us if there's more than just yourself. And as always, give a heartfelt thanks to the entities that came through. Or, uh, or more of the quote from um, FDR's first inaugural speech. This great nation will endure as it has endured, will revive, and will prosper. So, first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes. And, of course, there's much more to that inaugural speech, obviously. And then there's um, the, uh, this quote comes from the Encyclopedia of Psychic Science that states, 
a quote, as an invention, it is very old. It was in use in the days of Pythagoras, about five, 540 B.C., according to a French historical account of the philosopher's life. His sect held frequent seances or circles at which a mystic table, moving on wheels, moved towards signs, which the philosopher and his pupils, philosophos, P-H-I-L-O-L-A-U-S, interpreted to the audience as being revelations supposedly from the unseen world, close quote. So is this true? Some say the Ouija board or message boards are as are an old method to speak to the dead, going back to Greece circa 600 BCE, or China used talking boards as well. Is is this true? They have a steep history in spiritualism, both ancient and presently. Many say there is no proof Ouija boards have existed in ancient times, and they may have a valid point. However, the second humans drew a symbol in the sand and was mourning over a loved one, I am sure spirit comforted the grieving individual and connected to the human's focused desire to reach out to their transitioned loved ones. And because we are pure consciousness and are connected by love and blood, the connection is made. Thus, we need no proof. If one has experienced a lost loved one processed firsthand and knows this certainly has not been a new thing just for us recently, until next time, blessed be.
listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight. 